Good morning, everybody. This is Leanna Padaka with Pueblo Connection. I hope everybody's doing good. It is hump day. We are one day in front of Veterans Day. Um, so I hope you all enjoyed that little medley that I um, played right before the show. And I'm so glad you all are here. I have um, Ryan Martinez. He's with us today. He's my guest. He is the director of Tewa Roots from Nambe Pueblo. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. We are super excited to have you here. And good morning, Diego. It has been a minute. It's been a little bit. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, we've had so many things going on um, outside of um, outside of the show, unfortunately. So that sometimes dictates um, our shows for the rest of the week. Um, but I'm back um, for the next couple of months. And then it's going to be New Year's. I can't believe that. Um, so, um, Ryan, good morning, good morning. How's everything in Nambe? Yeah, everything's, you know, it, it's going well. We're, uh, we're really busy right now. We're in kind of um, a place where we're redeveloping our program and expanding and, you know, it, just trying to, to stay 10 steps ahead of <laughs> is always like kind of our mission. So. Right. I think everybody is trying to stay 10 steps ahead. Sometimes it doesn't always work out, though, for me. Yeah, <laughs> I right. find I find myself falling back sometimes. But anyway, um, so you guys are all out of the northern area of New Mexico. So do you just service that area or all of eight northern or how does that work? Yeah. So so we we are out of Nambe Pueblo. Um, we serve Nambe Pueblo. Um, as priority, mm -hmm. but we always uh, serve the surrounding Pueblos as well. And we actually have a range from Taos to Albuquerque mm -hmm. and kind of everywhere <clears throat> in between. So we do uh, clinical services, you know, mobily, right. uh, where we actually go to where the person is. Um, and yeah, that, that we, we, we serve really any Native American or family member of Native Americans um, in a lot of different ways. Wow. Well, I just want to say, I was really impressed with your program, and so I'm glad you're on here to talk about it and share with everyone out there. And I just want to remind that November is Native American Month, so um, I am really going to be showcasing a lot of um, initiatives here, especially here in New Mexico. Um, we've got you know, our 19 Pueblos, our two Apache tribes, and um, some of the Navajo Nation that outlines uh, New Mexico. So... I want to educate everybody on the different resources, different services, um, and even just, you know, the initiatives that are going on either independently or through an organization. And this is one that I'm really, really excited about because you have done some really innovative things um, to provide services to the communities, especially geared towards the kids, right? Towards the adolescents, yeah, the yeah, younger. Yeah, that's kind of where we got our start was, you know, prevention services, um, offering, uh, you know, programs for youth that are focused on uh, resilience and empowerment, mm -hmm. advocacy, um, peer support. So so that's kind of how our whole program started was with youth. And we really focus heavily on yeah. serving, you know, the youth um, Native American communities in New Mexico. So how long have you been the director of Tewo Roots? And how did all of this start? I mean, if yeah. you don't mind me asking how this all got together. Yeah, so um, Tewo Roots started in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and that started as a prevention program. Like I said, we had uh, we were grant funded, you know, through SAMHSA. And at that point in time, um, you know, before before that happened, I was working at the Mountain Center and which is an outdoor behavioral health program. Um, and we did a lot of things like, you know, rock climbing, um, 
group initiatives, games and right. activities and things like that. And it was all about like, you know, learning and, and, and working with people to really just empower them wherever they were at in their life. And, you know, we got a lot of experience doing that. So we worked everything from, you know, youth uh, lockup facilities to mm-hmm. youth juvenile justice. Uh, we worked in the schools. We worked with adult treatment centers. Um, I mean, you name it, we pretty much worked every program that you could think wow. of. Um, <clears throat> and when uh, I got the opportunity to come into Nambe and start a program, um, I was just given a blank canvas and they mm-hmm. kind of said, hey, create something, you know what I mean? Anything that you think would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, all I knew was outdoor behavioral health, you know, so yeah. we, we wanted to to create a program that was geared toward Native Americans specifically, mm-hmm. um, but that used, you know, elements of outdoor behavioral health to to really kind of like work with groups wherever they were at. So. We uh, started off, you know, just doing like hiking. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we have the beautiful, you know, backyard in Nambe where we have our waterfalls and lake area. Right, right. Um, but we're right up against the Sangre de Cristos. And we kind of sat back and said, like, you know, why not utilize, you know, our backyard? Mm-hmm. Because we have access to all these amazing resources. Um, so that was really kind of like, you know, the seed that Teo Root Society came from. And from there, you know, we, we, we worked with uh, the youth in Nambe, which uh, at the point in time, it was just called the Teen Coalition. Oh, and okay. it was youth from Nambe who went to the Pewaukee School District, you know, mm-hmm. and then where they came, the bus dropped them off after school. Uh-huh. And we'd go out and take them hiking. We'd go to the hot springs. We'd go, you know, pretty much anywhere that, that we could think of where we could just get outdoors and connect. And that's a, you know, that's kind of our big mission is just reconnecting with the places around us and right. really utilizing the outdoors as uh, an impactful, like, tool. for Right. For no, and I think that's really, um, that's a really great resource and a really good support system because we are in a time now where, you know, we have a lot of kids that have a lot of just different circumstances hmm. of family. You know, family doesn't consist anymore of just mom and dad. Yeah. Family consists of many people sometimes in a home. And even though you have a lot of people in a home, it doesn't always mean support. It doesn't always mean structure. It doesn't always mean you have somebody to talk to, unfortunately. You know? Right. And so I think this gives them um, not only a way to kind of get out of that situation, but also to be able to vent you know what I mean? Or feel at least some safety somewhere to where if they needed to come to you and talk to you or any of your um, uh, peer support people that they'd be able to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's huge because I know for me growing up, um, attention is always what a child wants. It's not always the Nintendo. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I get it. A lot of parents, they feel guilty mm-hmm. and that guilt for working. So they try to overindulge. But that's not the way to go. What these kids really want is that attention, that one-on-one on, hey, how was your day? What'd you have for lunch? What'd you do? You know, those little questions, those little interactions, they do really mean a lot. And they do build that. And I think your staff provides that for some of those kids that just don't have that at the moment. Yeah, that's always our intention. You know, we mm-hmm. kids come from all different backgrounds. And, and you know, like on the reservation, um, you never know what, mm-hmm. what a kid is going through, right? right? Like in a lot of, what we found is just by offering a place for them to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we offer food. We offer a place that's really nice for them to hang out at. And, mm-hmm. and we noticed that they would come consistently, right? And like right. they just loved being together and, and being able to kind of, you know, fellowship with their peers and stuff. Um, 
And, and one thing that we focus on really is like we kind of follow the rat park model, where it's like if we build this environment that mm -hmm. is really conducive to learning and creativity um, and kind of give the youth the reins to say, mm -hmm. hey, this is the direction that we want to go in or these are the things we're interested in. And we kind of take their lead on that, mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we create this like mutual, um, you know, sustainable type of model with our program that, you know, the youth are bought into it because they get you know, a sense of ownership from it. Um, so that, that's, that's really kind of where it started was, um, trying to figure out how do you create a resource for mm -hmm. these youth and a place for these youth when you have really limited access to like physical buildings and stuff, right? Like right we were right. meeting, um, at a conference table <laughs> in a crammed room full of, you know, mm -hmm. um, supplies and trash and everything. <laughs> and like, we're like, this can't be what you all want. You know what I mean? Like, we're like, right. if you could design this idealistic, um, you know, program, what would that be? And, mm -hmm. and they kind of said, oh, like, you know, we want to do, we want to do music and we want to have a computer lab and we want to be able to have like a pool table and, and yeah. um, stuff like that, you know, <laughs> which is like, like real basic, but like, it's a hard thing to, to, to produce, especially mm -hmm. when you're grant funded, because most grants are, you know, right. like non-construct and you can't buy anything unless, you right. know, it's justified. Well, they're and, very limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, that's, you know, I see your program as a multi-tiered program mm -hmm. where um, you provide so many different valued services. And, and I, I want people to understand that in this community and all of the other communities um, is that it is very much a multi-tier because like you just mentioned, these kids come from all kinds of different circumstances that we're not aware of. Mm -hmm. And but they need a safe place or a place to feel some type of security, mm -hmm. um, whether it is just with a meal, because sometimes, you know, this is one thing that I learned. Homelessness, it doesn't always mean, you know, you're out on the streets. Yeah. Homeless homelessness takes on a whole nother meaning as it pertains to kids, um, because you can be homeless but you don't know it because you're going from home to home. Like one week you stay with grandma, then the next week you're at auntie's house. The following week, maybe you're at your dad's house for a week or your mom's house for a week. I mean, it's that jumping all over. That is homelessness, right? you know? And some of these kids, unfortunately, they are like that. So I, I see your program as giving them somewhat of a foundation of there's that constant, mm -hmm. which, is the, which is you all and your staff. And there's that foundation, which is the program and that safety of four walls yeah. and, and a roof or you know sometimes you know i also say this too we as tribes we always think of our resources as monetary or as a building but you know we have so much resource out there which is our land mm -hmm. and you've taken advantage of that and utilizing the out the outdoors yeah as part of that yeah yeah you know and i i think with youth like having that that stability mm -hmm. is really important and they they gravitate toward that so we we noticed that you know early on they they would show up like i said you know and, and we're like oh this is cool like this mm -hmm. is something that they want even though they have nothing you know we're yeah. in this like like terrible little you know space <laughs> that wasn't conducive of anything Your broom and closet. yeah yeah broom closet and like they still would show up you know so like we we, we were like at that point too we're like hey these youth you know they they're capable of a lot more than they think that they are right. and let's empower them to you know kind of explore that and, and figure out um how how they can 
actually take the special things about them mm-hmm. and and use that in the real world right and right. and we just kind of help to guide them along the way but yeah so so you're talking about like a multi-tiered program and we we do a lot of different things so even though we started out with youth and we continue you mm-hmm. know doing youth programs and what we call like our prevention branch um mm-hmm. We also do, uh, you know, intervention and postvention services too. And that kind of developed with, you know, like the idea that we need actual legitimate, like direct services mm-hmm. that are backed by like evidence-based practices, which I think is huge. Um, so, so we're kind of in, we're in that realm of like, okay, we know we need to get therapists here. Right. And, you know, I was the only credentialed therapist at that time, but, you know, we needed some, somebody who could come in and just do full-time therapy. Um, and we didn't quite know the need, uh, but really our mission was to utilize, you know, what we know in outdoor behavioral health, uh, which I don't think I explained what outdoor behavioral <laughs> health is, but we can go into that. Yeah. But really it's a model of like destigmatizing mental health services um, and turning them from something that people think is mm-hmm. like a failure, you know right, what I mean? Right. Into something that they want to be part of. So. Right. And we're going to go into more of that. Cool. But we're going to take a break really quickly. So everybody fill up your coffee cups, um, get your cookies and all of that together, and we'll be right back. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing.
everybody. Welcome back. This is Leanne Apodaca with Pueblo Connection. And today I've got Ryan Martinez from Tewa Roots. Um, and they service all of the northern Pueblos um, up north. And they are based in Nambe Pueblo. Um, and hi, how are you? <laughs> doing good, yeah, doing good. Getting some, you know, sips Well, of if you just are, are uh, tuning in, we um, talked about Tewa Roots, the program. It's a behavioral health program. Uh, service that they have there and they service the young adults up in northern new mexico and they specialize in like outdoor therapy a lot of it right mm -hmm. and um so we were just talking to ryan about how did this get started it started back in 2018 um when he was given a clean canvas to to start his masterpiece on <laughs> through some samsa grants and um so we were just talking about you know the multi-tier program that you have and how you're utilizing your outdoor therapy that's where we left off so if you yeah. want to go ahead and yeah. uh, continue on that yeah so so we do outdoor behavioral health and experiential education and what that is is we utilize things like hiking or kayaking or mm -hmm. you know fishing disc golf paintball like you you, you wow. name it we do a lot of really neat things mm -hmm. um, but we work with groups and individuals wherever they're at so um, for instance, we work with some uh, treatment centers up north mm -hmm. and we work with them on a pretty consistent basis. And, um, you know, we bring them in and we tailor programs focused on, you know, recovery and, yeah. and really just bring the tools that we have to the table, give them that direct experience mm -hmm. of, and, and hands on approach where they actually get to work <coughs> together to, you know, like either solve a problem mm -hmm. or, you know, just use the experience metaphorically to translate that back to, to what they're going through in their lives. Right. So. And I was just going to ask you, because there's probably some listeners out there going, oh, this is great. You're doing paintball and everything. Mm -hmm. But how does that translate into you know, counseling, how does that translate into some rehab services and, mm -hmm. and, you know, alcohol abuse and substance abuse and all of those other things? How does that translate? Yeah, well, for us, the way that that that, that kind of translated, you know, was uh, we had, you know, individuals mm -hmm. who, who were practitioners who mm -hmm. had been doing this, this kind of work in this field for for a while. And when we got to Nambe and we started to like really just gear toward Native American specific uh, mm -hmm. type of programs. Um, we realized pretty early on that there's a really heavy stigma, you know, around mental health services and right. to the point where people uh, wouldn't even show up, you know, in a, mm -hmm. to the buildings because they didn't want to be uh, associated with um, receiving mental health services. Right. right. Um, and at the time, too, there wasn't really any direct services, like really what the programs consisted of before I got there was there was a lot of referrals to other programs, mm -hmm. external programs. And we were like, we want to be able to have direct services for anybody that walks through the door. Right. Um, but part of like destigmatizing mental health services um, what, from our perspective, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. was to be able to make it something that's actually accessible mm -hmm. to folks. And at that time, like, we're like, well, if you go and do something like hiking or right. you go and do something like kayaking, it's something that, you know, these folks that we're serving may have never experienced in their life. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it's like this this life changing, you know, pivotal mm -hmm. point where they get to do this, you know, really unique thing and get outside of their comfort zone. Right. And with outdoor behavioral health and experiential education. That's a like a super critical piece of how it works because you want like the intention is to take 
an individual or a group uh-huh. and put them out of their comfort zone where they're right. where, where they're like oh what is this you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you don't want to put them so far out of their comfort zone that they're like just turned off to the whole experience but you want right. to like challenge them a little bit almost right? setting them up for failure yeah yeah that kind of thing yeah. um, and through that they realize that by utilizing their own internal strengths that they can actually overcome this thing you know what i mean these these fears that they thought they might have of climbing this rock wall mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? Right. And to the point where if they do it, you know, um, or they, they exceed what they thought they could do during it, that's like a personal accomplishment. Right. And then from there, you translate that back to like why they're there. If it's mm-hmm. somebody that, that's in recovery, then you can talk about the mile markers, you know? Where right. did you think you were going to get on this rock wall, you know? And, and and you made it all the way up, you know? How did that feel? Right. Uh, what are the things that came up for you, you know what I mean? And, like, right. how does that relate to, to where you're at right now with your recovery? Right. Um, so that's just an example. But, you know, it's just really u- utilizing metaphor and that, <clears throat> you know, risk element to, to really kind of draw up conversation on difficult topics. So, like, right now, and and that's that's really great, and thank you for explaining mm-hmm. that. But so now looking at some of the news that's going on and kids are going back to school after. And who would have thought that this pandemic would cause so much, I don't know, chaos now Mm -hmm. with everybody. And it's not just the kids. It's all of us. I don't know. I don't know if there's just more road rage or is it getting reported more? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's road rage. There's people um, getting you know, uh, no uh, patience for standing in line at a grocery store. So mm-hmm. now you come out with somebody wanting to, you know, start a fight and being very confrontational. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that has anything to do with that, but it's getting reported more. And so just like a couple of weeks ago, that um, child, that young man that was um, killed at the middle school mm-hmm. here in Albuquerque, um, and he was actually trying to help somebody out who was getting bullied and he got in. He's, he's the one, unfortunately, that um, that got hurt and, and, and got killed in that situation. So what do you see now coming back into school and all of the kids getting together? Are you seeing any of this with, with some of your kids that are going into your program? Yeah, I mean, that, that was one thing that was really difficult during the pandemic was mm-hmm. to, to maintain some element of you know, like our program for the youth mm-hmm. while, while they were while they were experiencing, you know, the height of the pandemic and lockdown and everything. Um, and luckily for for us and our tribe, um, you know, we haven't we haven't hit the extreme of being on like permanent lockdown mm-hmm. or anything like a lot of these other tribal programs have right. where people can't even go in or out of the tribe without permission. So, right, right. Um, and and yeah that with with our youth you know they're pretty resilient i Mm -hmm. think that that they kind of banded together during that time and they wanted to maintain outreach to the youth who were participants in the program and and at their school and you know they'd get together and we even with us uh you know the clinicians and our mental health specialists we jump on among us you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and play among us like for three hours a day and (laughs) just like be able to communicate with them and make sure that they're all right Um, so try to maintain some type of a normalcy yeah you know what i mean through such a crazy time yeah yeah, that's what I, I am starting to see in the news, you know, is is all of us are, are somewhat losing mm-hmm. control of some things. And I, and I mean, I don't know, is it because we were away from everybody for so long, you know, or is it just getting reported more? I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of scary. And at the same time, it's like, what do we do? Yeah. 
yeah, I think that nothing about this is normal to us, right? This is right. not how we function. Um, <clears throat> we're, we're, we're social people. Right. And social interaction is such an important part of mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, during a pandemic like this, it's bound to, to create a lot of stressors in life in a lot of different areas. So right. I think that you see those stressors kind of, you know, result in, in a lot of different feelings. I know that I had my own mental health struggles just even trying to run a mental health program, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're, you're on one end where you're like, we like this is the time that these mm-hmm. services are needed most. But on the other hand, you're told that you can't really, like, do them the mm-hmm. way that you you know normally do them because so, of policies and procedures of yeah. social distancing and using a mask and right. maybe not even being able to hold anything right yeah. and and that was kind of that was kind of the big unknown right throughout mm-hmm. this was like okay we're in a constant state of redevelopment because now we're locked down and now we're open sort of but you know mm-hmm. now we're locked down again and you know there's just constant back and forth and right um what we ended up doing was we had a conversation with our, our governor in Nambe Pueblo and we were like, look, um, these type of services, you know, clinical services, prevention mm-hmm. services are essential, you know, mm-hmm. and, we, and we really have to value them because if we don't do this now, down the line, we're going to have a lot more, um, you know, cases that come up, you know, whether that's for substance use or, or domestic violence or mm-hmm. suicide, or, you know, it, it's the reality of where we're at right now. Right. Um, and we have to, you know, maintain that, maintain that, uh, that service, and and just be there for people to support them where they're at. Right. No. And and I agree. And and so having said that, again, um, because it is Native American Heritage Month um, for November, and it has been in the um, news about the boarding schools and and the different atrocities that had happened there. And, you know, um, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago because it was brought to my attention. Um, The generation upon generation of the history of the boarding schools and how it impacts families or a family. And and I'll use my family as an example. My grandmother is a product of the Santa Fe Indian School boarding school. And um, when I would talk to her about when she went to school, she would she would talk about getting up at like five in the morning and being down at the football field by by five thirty and and so it was very regimented with time and then they would they would march and they would do some calisthenics and then they'd go back to their room make their bed shower and then be down for breakfast again at a certain time and then classes so to me it was very much like a military type um, of structure. And it was more vocational than anything else. You know, you, we, were, we weren't smart enough to be doctors. We were supposed to be a mechanic, a cook, a seamstress, and a carpenter. Those mm-hmm. were your four vocationals that you learned. Mm-hmm. And, and very minimal math and, and very minimal English and how to write your name. Um, so what I want to talk about when we come back is how is that um, impacting our kids now? Um, because it is impacting, I think. I know it impacts my family, and I'll go into more about that. But we're going to go on a real quick break, and then when we come back, we'll catch up with that. All right. (laughs) Ready for another hour of super hits? Great. Q102. KNMM Albuquerque, 1150 AM. And K271CP Albuquerque, 102.1 FM. Annual inflation hit a 30-year high, 6.2% in October. Last month, the consumer price index was up 0.9%. 
Economists have been predicting a decades-high reading on the CPI, with supply chain shortages at the same time as increased demand pushing prices higher. The job market continued to improve last week. The number of people filing unemployment benefits for the first time declined to 267,000 to pandemic low. Fox's Jenny Casola. President Biden's heading to Delaware for former Governor Ruth Ann Minner's funeral and then to Baltimore for a speech on infrastructure. President Biden will highlight $17 billion to upgrade ports as part of the bipartisan infrastructure bill when he visits the port of Baltimore this afternoon. The White House says those investments will help strengthen the supply chain and ease ongoing bottlenecks. Fox's Jared Halpert. America's listening to Fox News. Mostly sunny today, becoming windy this afternoon. Northwesterly winds 15 to 25 miles per hour with gusts to around 35 miles per hour. A little cooler today with a high of 64 in Albuquerque and a low of 36 overnight. 58 the high in Santa Fe today with a low of 30 overnight. Veterans Day will be sunny, breezy, and a couple degrees cooler. I'm meteorologist Kelly Franson with your KYT Action 7 News forecast for the all-new Q102. Hi, everybody. This is Leanna Padaka with Pueblo Connection. I hope everybody's having a good morning. Um, I have Ryan Martinez here, and he is the director of Tewa Roots up in the northern area of New Mexico, up in Nambe Pueblo. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. And when we took our break, um, just really quickly, uh, we were talking about boarding schools and generational um, uh, trauma, and how does that impact families um, even today, um, obviously, there's not a lot of boarding schools um, around anymore, which is good. But there's definitely impacts. And, and I was going to talk about my family's um, experience. Like I said, my grandmother went to the Santa Fe Indian School, and it was more of a military-style type and um, minimal math, minimal English um, more of how to write your name. And then the four vocational um, opportunities you had was either a mechanic, a cook, a seamstress, or a carpenter. And um, as I grew up, and, and again, I didn't really think of this until this person was talking to me about it, but my grandmother growing up was very structured, very strict on house cleaning and, and housework. And I never, I mean, I never understood it. I thought she's just OCD <laughs> on everything. But now I look at it and that's the way and that's why she was the way she was because that's how she was brought up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily by her parents, but brought up by this institution. So I can remember you know, making our bed, we practically had to have the quarter bounce on it. And if it wasn't, she tore down the, the, the bed and we would make it again. Dishes had to be done a certain way, sweeping, mopping, dusting. I remember all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand. It was the experiences that she had growing up, and that's the way she was brought up through this institution. Now, the individual that I was talking to, the example they gave me was in their family, they didn't have a lot of affection, but it was because they didn't know how to give it because from their grandparents and their parents and all of that, they were brought up in a boarding school because they were brought up in a different, they weren't from here in New Mexico, they were a tribe from out east where that's where they did. They went to a lot of boarding schools, so they didn't have that interaction no, you know, yeah. with family. So it was very... You know, cold. Even though, yes, they loved them, they just didn't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
so now looking at my family that's why i guess my grandmother and her sisters were the way they were <laughs> about things which is great i mean at least you know i can make a bed <laughs> and i can bounce a quarter on it but where are you seeing any of that now because now it's like great great grandkids you know after the fact are you seeing yeah. anything like that yeah you know i i, I think that when you stand back and look at it from a bigger picture, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's there within almost every Native American culture that you that you see, right? Right. Like, and I think that this is such a heavy topic, and and the whole idea of boarding schools and really it was a systemic, you know, erasure of culture and mm -hmm. identity. Right. Um, and we're still very much suffering from that where we're from, mm -hmm. right? I know uh, on our own tribe in Nambay, um, you know, we you, you get people who are still struggling with rebuilding that identity. And we mm -hmm. talk about how do we rebuild this identity? How do we get, you know, youth into, into you know, knowing their language and, mm -hmm. and our, our elders are you know up in age and and you know there's only a, a couple handfuls of them that still speak fluently right um so we're on the verge of losing that language right uh in our own tribe you know what i mean and, and that's definitely you know something that came from from that era where um that that idea that this identity that we mm -hmm. have is no longer valid you know what i mean and that mm -hmm. carrying on and the ripple effect that came from those types of things right um and of course the atrocities and trauma that came mm -hmm. from from the boarding school era you know what i mean and, right. and everything that's happened there how could it not carry on right and i think also i mean we have to also say that not only did we have the boarding school but a lot of our culture and tradition and language was taken away during the relocation period as well mm -hmm. i think came like within the 1960s and mm -hmm. 70s um when they re got a bunch of native americans that wanted to go off and go to school and go to work and they took them to chicago california out out east and new york and basically left them there and said mm -hmm. okay sink or swim <laughs> mm -hmm. and a lot of these people you know, bless their heart. Yes, they did want to make a better life for themselves and their family. But if they didn't have the tools to survive New York, mm. I mean, it, it, it is really, it's unfair. Yeah. It really is. And I'm going to say something right now, and, and it is going to be, but it, it is the truth. You know, um, we hear all the time, Black Lives Matter. I get that. Um, we hear about... Um, the Jewish people and the atrocities of the Holocaust. I get that. And all of those happened. And everybody can recognize that. And everybody can say, yes, that happened to you all. And, and it was terrible. And I'm sorry. But yet, we had our own Holocausts. We had our own lynch mobs. We had our own history of, of terrible things. Mm -hmm. And nobody, nobody wants to recognize that. So, yes, it pisses me off, quite frankly, when I hear them say well get over it you right. look at what you get for free just get over it mm -hmm. you know what that's a bunch of bs mm -hmm. because at what cost do we get anything for free right it, it, it's not for free yeah believe me it's not and what we do get we have to build it we have to we have to build it we mm -hmm. have to extend our services build our resources it's not there's nothing that is given to us let me just say Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, 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 like you said, we're dealing with a lot of that stuff. And, and to be frank, you know, the whole boarding school 
um, you know, idea was really, it was incarceration, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't these youth that are little kids, you know, four or five years old that were going to, to, to these boarding schools. They didn't choose to go there. They were taken. No. And I think that, that if the history was told the way that it was, you know what I mean? That it really like, happened. That it really <laughs> happened. You know, yeah. I think some eyes would be opening. And I think that now we're in a time where, you know, being honest and, and there's some change, you know, mm-hmm. in like just social dynamics and how, how things happen, you know. Um, I think this recent, uh, you know, thing that came out with the boarding schools right. that was being presented by journalists or whatever mm-hmm. brought some light to that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know what I mean? Like if you look at the real... Um, you know, history there mm-hmm. and, and who Native American people are. We were very communal people, right? Right. And we we had, you know, our own roles within our tribes mm-hmm. that we fulfilled. Right. And that was ultimately for the greater good of everyone. Right. Um, and then when colonization happened, uh, we moved into a more individualistic type of, you know, environment and society, mm-hmm. which isn't what we what we are used to. It's not how we operated, right? No. And I think that that's where a lot of the trauma that we carry on today comes from is that we are now individualistic. We all, you know, seek out uh, things for ourselves <laughs> and no longer, you know, like our clans and, and systems right. that were really meant to give back. Right, know, we're not looking at the whole picture and looking right. at others. It's now just... And it's very white. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be frank. It's very mm-hmm. white. It's me. Mm-hmm. Me, me, me. What am I going to do? How am I going to get there? What is in it for me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's not the way we were raised. It's not the way our culture is. It's if you have some, you give to everyone. You right. share. Right. And that is not how it is here. Yeah. It, it, it's not. It's not here in the whole United States. No. It, because you know what? If we were sharing, we would be sharing within ourselves here in the United States, not with everybody else. And I was brought up that you take care of your family first before you can help others. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that. No. And and I mean, the ripple effect that mm-hmm. we talked about, right? That goes right. into like our own tribal communities and how mm-hmm. we operate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that because of colonization, a lot of, you know, the traditional... Um, you know knowledge that's out there is held really tightly and even our own traditional leadership you know isn't sharing that with the youth that are out there so i think that's a big um you know disservice to them Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know that 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 is perpetuating you know colonization and 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 what's happened you know these youth deserve to a place at the table you know they Um, do and and i think that's another thing that maybe to look at here in new mexico is we get a youth cult coalition mm-hmm. together i mean i don't know that maybe there is one but how do we make that stronger if there is one out there and if not mm. let's get together and let's make one we have an apcg for yeah. the governors why can't we have something for our youth if truly the leadership out there in new mexico is saying the youth is our future mm-hmm. then let's start investing in them yeah you know let's invest in our in our kids you know i grew up in a time where you know besides the normal sports you had band you had music you had art you had other extracurricular activities because not everybody's you know an athlete but does that make you less than no right you have other talents Mm -hmm. we don't have that anymore yeah there's nothing out there and if there is you have to pay for it not everybody can pay for it not everybody can afford that and i'm not just talking about tribal communities i'm talking about everybody right you know of every color 
yeah. you know and so how do we get around that yeah because then again i think that's where the bullying starts all over again totally yeah. you don't play football well you're less than mm-hmm. oh you can't be a cheerleader you're less than it, this is where i think all of this divide starts to happen and so when we talk about our youth um i would dis- be dismissed if i didn't talk a little bit about the history of haskell and haskell is now a university it's a the first nation's university it's not a college anymore and the history be- behind haskell is there were little kids that were like three years old and they had a nursery there and these little babies were literally dying killing themselves because they missed their moms they wouldn't eat they were lonesome and they were dying and it's like (laughs) how can you ignore that you had little boys that were nine years old that were committing suicide by hanging themselves because they just wanted to go home and they couldn't and i cannot see any of our kids at this point in time being taken away from their families like that yeah but yet, that was the norm back then, and nobody will bat an eye at it. And everybody will say, oh, but that was back then. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. There's still so many social ills in all of our tribal communities, not just, again, here in New Mexico, but nationwide. Mm-hmm. And until everybody can say, yes, that did happen, yes, nothing's going to change. Even at the federal government level, we're still under the Department of Interior. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even be there. We should be, all of our um, federal uh, dollars should come from the, the right departments, like Indian Health Services. Why are we under DOH? We should be under the Department of Health as well, so that all of our shares, because that's how we get our money mm-hmm. for that, um, maybe it would increase. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But if, if anybody had to live and function with the amount of money the amount of resource that we have yeah it wouldn't happen no no i i think you're absolutely right and i think that that's kind of you know you talked about how do we build a teen council or or like Mm -hmm. whatever you know and like like i think most programs that i've seen and there's a lot of really amazing programs Mm -hmm. out there trying to create you know like indigenous youth councils and stuff like that um but the hard thing with it is most of them are functioning off of federal grants, right? Mm-hmm. And like in federal grants as a grant writer, mm-hmm. what I've seen is that there's a lot of black and white writing where it's like you can do this and you can't do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of those things that you can't do are like the bare essentials of what you even need to be able to offer like legitimate right. services. And right. if you can't offer those things, how can you even start to gain traction in, you know, like changing like the smallest amount of, of, you know, stuff that's out there, whether that's prevention, substance use, domestic violence, or suicide, it's like impossible to do. So yeah, I think that that's kind of where we're at with things is, Mm -hmm. is, you know, there has to be more autonomy to be able to, to have tribal programs say, Hey, these are the, the needs that we have and then have those needs be met. Right. Um, and, and it's just not happening right now. No, it's not. And we're going to take a quick break again. Oh, it's getting good. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all of those things that Ryan just talked about. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Furniture Depot. And you, come on in. Yes. Couches are oh, flying off the floor at Cheyenne's Furniture Store. Sarah, can you go over to dining sets, please? She needs more sales associates before shoppers take their seats elsewhere. Can somebody get me a price check on trundle beds? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. 
I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. BC Powder knows life pushes us to the max. Work to the max. Family to the max. It can all mean pain to the max. So BC introduces new BC Max Strength. New BC Max relieves tough headaches and body pain at the speed of powder. Nothing stronger on pain without a prescription. Pain to the max? New BC Max. In a great tasting lemonade flavor. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Every year, hundreds of teens drown. If your teen hasn't learned to swim yet, it's never too late. Even if your teen is a strong swimmer, make sure to supervise kids of any age. No one should swim alone. Teach them to enter the water feet first, wear life jackets on a boat, and never use alcohol or drugs on the water. Drowning is preventable. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Never thought that this is where I'd settle down I thought I'd die an old man back in my hometown They gave me this plot of land Me and some other men For a job well done There's a big white house sits on a hill just up the road Man inside, he cried the day they brought me home. They folded up a flag and told my mom and dad, We're proud of your son. And I'm proud to be on this peaceful piece of property. I'm on sacred ground and I'm in the best of company. I'm thankful for those, thankful for the things I've done I can rest in peace, I'm one of the chosen ones I made it to Arlington I remember Daddy brought me here when I was eight We searched all day to find out where my granddad lay and when we finally found that cross He said, son, this is what it cost To keep us free Now here I am a thousand stones away from him He recognized me on the first day I came in And it gave me a chill When he clicked his heels and saluted me 
And I'm proud to be on this peaceful piece of property I'm on sacred ground and I'm in the best of company And I'm thankful for those, thankful for the things I've done I can rest in peace, I'm one of the chosen ones I made it to Arlington And every time I hear 21 guns I know they brought another hero home To us We're thankful for those Thankful for the things we've done we can rest in peace Cause we are the chosen ones We made it to Arlington Yeah, dust to dust Don't cry for us We made it to Arlington Hi everybody, this is Leanne Apodaca with Pueblo Connection and I hope you're enjoying um, some of the songs that we're playing today. Um, I know they're a little bit more somber than what um, you're used to, but I just want to um, bring light and uh, make sure everybody remembers that tomorrow is Veterans Day. Um, it is very special to me. My dad was a veteran and a Purple Heart recipient from the Vietnam War and I just want to say that I'm very proud of him. His name was Eugene Sayo, and he served as a corpsman for the Marines during that time. And so um, it is very special to me that day because we would take my dad out to eat, and it was just basically his day. So um, I miss him very, very much. And so um, just wanted to um, play a few uh, songs for our veterans um, that may be listening today. But um, when we took a little break um, just a little bit ago, um, Ryan and I were talking about, you know, the multi-tier program that he has, our youth, um, and how the atrocities of not just boarding schools, but relocation and everything else that has happened to all of our Native communities across the United States, how that's impacting us now. Um, and, and it's not always, you know, that we get everything for free. It really isn't. Um, we still have to work for a lot of things and fight for a lot of things. Um, and and I'm not saying that you know we're not up for it, but at some point it's like, when do when does that end? When when does when does the United States? When does our state of New Mexico? When does our counties realize that we are still citizens here? You yeah, know? yeah. No, it's difficult. Um, and we were also talking about, you know, how most tribal programs do function, you know, mm -hmm. like off of grants and these services that are really life-saving services. Right. Um, they, they, they are, you know, SAMHSA grants out there or mm -hmm. like, you know, some other federal type of mm -hmm. uh, funding, which are highly restricted, right? Like if right. you're trying to do something um, 
outside of kind of the scope of what they allow, they're going to tell you no every single mm -hmm. time. And I think that's detrimental because we talked about, you know, meeting the bare necessities of what these communities need to even right. um, have momentum toward change. And right. And I, and again, we're not a cookie, a cookie, a cookie cutter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need more coffee. A cookie cutter, um, you know, tribe. We're not all the same. Mm -mm. You know, we may all have the same needs, but we all deliver our services differently. We mm -hmm. all have different governments, you know, so to speak, um, and the way things are run. So it, it, it can't be what's good for you all can't be good for Santa Ana. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And right. I think that's how they the, how they frame everything. Right. Is right. like everybody across the country is applying for the same grant with all the same restrictions. And one thing that we found, uh, you know, with grant writing and take it, I'm a very new grant writer. But um, what I noticed right off the bat was that grants aren't necessarily just black and white too. Mm -hmm. Like they're like if you word things, you know, right and you kind mm -hmm. of like reach pull at their heartstrings, they're you're able to kind of make things happen right. that that you wouldn't be able to normally. And I think for like tribes to have access to more training on how to like do like impactful grant writing mm -hmm. would be huge because right. what we had to learn through just trial and error um, we would hope that other tribes would be able to jump on it and just know how to, to get what they need right off the bat. Right. And, you know, you, you did mention about being very, um, you know, kind of gray area with your words, I guess, mm -hmm. when you're applying for grants and, and things like that. I mean, it is for the betterment, but um, I'm really excited because you have the Yorks. Did Yurt, I say Yurts. Yurks? Yeah, Yurts. It's funny. That's such a like everybody calls them Yurks and they're, they're Yurts. Uh, and it's a Mongolian, a traditional yes. Mongolian structure, right? Right. Like, but when you told me this, I was like, wow. So tell everybody yeah. how you obtain this because you're the first program to be able to do this, right? Yeah, we're the first Through this one. this type of funding. Yeah, in and the it's, country. again, how you worded it. Totally. But go ahead. Tell them. <laughs> go ahead, yeah, So to go back to like, you know, the, the basic needs of a community, like mm -hmm. our youth, we sat down with them and asked them what they needed. And they're like, we need a space because this building that we're in, you know, has two offices that has people in it every single day that we're here. We feel right. like we're encroaching on office space and we can't like be ourselves. And we're like, okay, like, let's see how we can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So we went to SAMHSA um, and GPO, who is our, our grant, you know, officer there, and said, hey, like, we want to do this project that's really a youth empowerment project. And mm -hmm. we want them to be able to build their own, um, you know, their own teen center. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were calling it at the time because we didn't have a teen center. We just had a table. Um, <laughs> and and uh, we, we thought of, like, you know, tiny homes and, like, different things that were accessible. But, oh, like, yeah. we're like, yeah, you know, youth who never have built anything in their life, that's hard to, you know, start working into, into you know, how to do um, you know, general construction and stuff. So we're like, what's something that's more, you know, accessible? And I was like, well, yurts are really easy. They come in kits and like they're lattice walls and you just basically connect it with like um, galvanized like aircraft carrier like cable and stuff. A to B stuff. and B to C. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Lego manual, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you do this step and then you do this step and then like, like it, you, you, then you got a, a, you know, a structure. So we pitched it to SAMHSA and they came back and they told us absolutely not. Um, they're like, you can't, it's, this is a non-construct grant and you can't build anything with this, you know, mm -hmm. but like, that's not what we're trying to do. We're really just trying to use this as a tool, like a learning tool where at the end of this, the youth are able to sit back and look at this thing that was 
was nothing before and be like, whoa, I built that, you know, right. and take ownership and pride in what they've done. Um, and we're like, too, like we wanted to film it and like create like this little mini documentary of like what youth are capable of. Um, and that kind of, uh, you know, we pitched it to them again <laughs> and they came back and they're like, no, you can't do it. <laughs> but this is why we're telling you you can't do it. And they, you know, listed A through Z of why we couldn't do it, uh-huh. which in reality, like a lot of people would have been turned off and been like, oh, OK, like I'm just not going to touch right. this anymore. OK, uncle. but <laughs> yeah, we're like, OK, they just gave us a map, you know what I mean, of all of the things why we're not able to do this thing that we want to do. And how do we get around all these, you know, yeah. things that they're telling us that 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 SAMHSA can't fund? And we did it. So we started doing a lot of research and calling, you know, your companies in, in, yeah. in and outside of the United States and just being like, hey, you know, what mm-hmm. what goes into building these things? Like their main issue was concrete. You couldn't put it in concrete. And like oh. these things are put up on concrete sauna tubes. So I talked to the your companies and was like, how can we not build this thing? Um, on, on sauna sa- tubes, you know, and they're <laughs> like, oh, they're like, this is actually the most common way that like yurts are built. And I was like, oh, tell me more about that. You oh, know what I mean? And then nice. they, I was like, like, they're like, yeah, these things are called temporary membrane structures, which that was Samsung's thing was it's called like, they don't want anything permanent. So I was like, send me that language, you know, temporary um, was the key. Th- yeah. And they're like, <laughs> they put, we put these things up on pier blocks, which are, you know, like movable and you can take things down and, and move it somewhere else. I was like, send me that language. So mm-hmm. I've just compiled all of this stuff that, um, you know, kind of addressed all the things they told us why right. we couldn't do it. And we pitched it to them and kind of put them in a position where they couldn't say no to us anymore. Right. You know what I mean? So now um, you have two, right? We have two. So two. one was uh, purchased as kind of like the teen center multi-generational mm-hmm. uh, space. And then the second one that we purchased, we, we were just like, we really like this concept. Right. It's a sustainable building. And like mm-hmm. like Tewa Root Society, our organization is all about sustainability in all walks of life. Right. So we're like, this really kind of embodies what we're what we're doing, you know, and like who we are. So we purchased a second one that will be um, a place to house some of our staff out of our staff that do like, you know, um, outdoor behavioral health Mm -hmm. uh, and like therapeutic adventure type of programming. So they'll be kind of centrally located there. We're also getting a brick and mortar teen center, which has been, you know, like um, an answer, you know, to, to our problem for such a long time. So now like these spaces are kind of starting to take shape, but um, in the meantime, too, like we kind of unintentionally jumped into the film industry and got connected with some oh, nice. like really influential partnerships in that industry. But wait, before oh, you go there, yeah, yeah. didn't you have like somebody from Mongolia, like a, <laughs> like a superstar from yeah. there, come by and so that see was, your yurks? Yeah, yeah, we yurks, did. Yurks, right? Yurt. Yurt. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was a that was a development that came from the film industry stuff. So like oh. we... Uh, we got connected with uh, George R. R. Martin and his uh, his uh, nonprofit Stagecoach Foundation, uh-huh. and from there, like you know, we pitched our idea for building these yurts and doing like a documentary on them mm-hmm. um, to their staff, and they really liked the idea. So they're like, Aww. "How can we be involved in this?" Yeah. So we've been working with them ever since in a lot of different ways, um, and uh, and with that. Uh, the Hu band who they're like traditional Mongolian men who who they they're a, a, a metal rock band you know and <laughs> they're, they're to- from Mongolia yeah they're touring with like, like the, the who the who that not the who but this is the who band oh okay and they're they're <laughs> like, like the a, who, the who. yeah <laughs> they're they're like touring with the likes of like Metallica and stuff now oh, you know what I mean and they uh, do this really amazing like 
throat singing but they play like their traditional horse harps and stuff and oh, they're just like yeah. so freaking cool um on their first american tour uh stagecoach foundation booked them to come to santa fe so that oh. way we could do a, a traditional um kind of like blessing of the land yeah, where the yurts yeah. are going so we brought our traditional uh, uh leadership from nambe pueblo and the who band together <laughs> and we uh we were able to to bless the land with them there and oh, and um, so cool. talk about our project and what we were doing yeah and uh yeah they they kind of laughed at us because they're <laughs> like oh they're like you should have just told us and we would have come and put this thing up in a couple hours <laughs> so it was really a cool experience the youth also got to work the show that night and like got oh. to like see and meet the band and everything and hang out with them which right, is really right. cool um, our facilitators were able to show them like magic tricks and stuff and they <laughs> took them to the waterfalls and everything which oh, was really cool so that um, was neat. yeah yeah it was it was a lot of fun but those are kind of like the things right is like I feel like when you have something that's positive it kind of radiates this energy out to the world and and sometimes you know that energy turns into things that you know I know it wasn't me that that solely coordinated all of this it was just happened no. to be all the right things put in the right place and it was like the universe was like hey like yeah here you know i know well and see <laughs> and that's that's just all of the hard work that mm. you've done and that you continue to do and i think that's really great we're gonna take a quick break again when we come back um we're gonna kind of wind down um our visit today and we're gonna look towards the future of what you see with Tewa roots We'll awesome. be right back. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Listen, if you have ever been interested in advertising on the radio, now is the perfect time. It's super easy to get started. Just call Matt at 341-1152. Find out how we can help get your business, organization, or nonprofit known by advertising on the station with the format that has the most loyal following and one of the Metro's most complete coverage area. Call Q102 at 341-1152 to get started. Hi, everybody. I'm Leanne Apodaca. And welcome back to Pueblo Connection. And I have Ryan Martinez as my guest today. Hi, Ryan. Hey. <laughs> we were just talking about all of the neat uh, things that come out of um, Ryan's department, which is Tewa Roots. He is the director of that behavioral health program. And, you know, I just want to say to everybody out there that's listening, because um, there's a website, right, Ryan? Yeah, there's a website. It's not fully done yet, um, but we the parts that are done are out for the public mm -hmm. to be able to, to see and check it out um, yeah. and stay up to date with what we do. We also have Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, so if you guys have that, um, that ability, I would really encourage you all to get on the website um, and just kind of you know browse through there there's also a phone number right so if they wanted yeah. to talk to you about maybe some services you know that maybe um some of their their youth might be qualified for um you might want to you know talk to them i think i think the main thing that we all need to walk away with today after today's talk is that you know what this world is forever changing what's today is you know isn't going to be there tomorrow and that's okay but we need 
we need to we need to arm ourselves with different types of tools to cope and to um, keep moving forward in our lives. And, mm-hmm. and it is all about our young people. And if we cannot do that, then how can we expect our young people to take advantage of this? And this is truly a really good service. Um, this is really, truly a good resource for all of our, our young youth. So anybody out there that's listening and you've got, you know, a teenager, um, even like a, you know, a preteen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, youth yeah. that you, you know, you see some yellow flags going up. Um, I would really encourage you to reach out to Ryan and his staff. And you know what? Just talk about it and see, you know, maybe, you know, they would qualify for one of their little weekend programs or something, you know. So really, really look at that. Like I said, you know, we are all forever changing. Um, And I hope we're all changing for the better. And part of that is our mental health. And we really need to be selfish with that and, and take care of ourselves first. And we are the models we are the role models that our youth looks up to, so we really need to take that on ourselves as well and, and encourage that it, it isn't a bad thing to ask for help. It really isn't. Um, we all need help in some way, shape, or form, and um, we need to convey that to our youth so that we can be strong. We can be a strong community again and strong people again. And like I said, it starts with our mental health. Um, that's just part of it. And then, of course, our spiritual health and our physical health. Um, but it all goes hand in hand. It's not one without the other. Yeah, no, definitely. And and if you're out there um, and kind of, you know, want to want to take a look at our website, you can see some of the things that we do and that we offer. Uh, we do work with tribal programs. So if you have a tribal mental health or substance use or prevention program, we can totally come to you and mm-hmm. develop programs where we get you out on the water or take you out climbing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also offer... Uh, uh, treatment financial assistance mm-hmm. to some of the best treatment centers in the country mm-hmm. and we pay 100% of the cost um, and with that we line you up with one of our therapists uh, once you're kind of approaching the point of getting ready to, to exit the program mm-hmm. and we do aftercare services as well mm-hmm. and we're looking at getting ready to launch our IOP program right. uh, which will incorporate uh, you know, traditional IOP where you're focused on substance use and recovery and things mm-hmm. of that sort. Um, but it will have an element of adventure to it too, where we're doing adventure therapy right. and getting you all out there into nature. Um, and it will also have a meditation component as well that will be held, you know, at the end of the week where we're looking at doing like somatic breath work um, right. or even acu detox and oh, things wow. like that. So. So you really do have a full range of services, and, and, mm-hmm. and they are, like I said, a resource. So, you know, everybody, I would encourage you to take that time um, and to, you know, just look at the website and, and reflect on, on what's going on in your own family. Like I said, there's a lot changing uh, in this world, and um, sometimes you can feel overwhelmed. Um, I know I do at times, and so... It's okay to reach out to somebody. And you know what? Sometimes it's even better to reach out to somebody that doesn't even know you. Because then you know what? You really are able to be vulnerable. And you're really able to talk to them. Because now you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. You know? And so that's what you want to do. You want to be honest. Not just to yourself. But to others. But there's a way to do it. And like I said, I think um, if you were to uh, reach out to Ryan and his staff, they'd help you um, navigate through that. So... Um, I really encourage Tewa Roots, the program there. And um, I really um, I want to thank you again, Ryan, for coming out and talking a little bit about 
um, your program. We could go on and on and on about the program. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, this is just going to be one of many visits, I hope, yeah, that I definitely. have you to come out and talk about that. I really want you to come out um, when you have a moment and, and, you know, talk about the newest things that you guys are going to be doing um, throughout 2022. It's already going to be 2022. I can't even believe that. Yeah. But anyway, you know, stuff like that. Um, so when you have that time, please come out. And then um, I'd like to talk to you about some other things, too, aside from your program. So yeah. maybe we can talk about some other things as they come up throughout the, the year. Let's do that. Yeah, definitely. And and for those folks that are here in Albuquerque, do mm -hmm. know that we d offer mobile therapy services as well. So if you are located here Good in point. Albuquerque, um, we have, you know, amazing uh, Mercedes Sprinter vans that are super luxurious <laughs> and comfy, are. and we can come to you You'll and offer like services. You'll feel like a rock star in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big part of like destigmatizing services, right? right? Like mental health should be seen as something that is beneficial for us, and all, honestly, all of us should be in therapy. Uh, I, we I all are so. struggling, you know. Yep. Aside from COVID, it's important to really like focus on our own mental health, yep. and I think that's a big part. Is don't be afraid to ask. Um, you know, it's something mm -hmm. that is is working for you and in your right. benefit when you're receiving those types of services so right no i agree i agree so everybody please take that time and and um you know even if it's just going for a walk you know a 10 minute walk by yourself mm -hmm. with your own thoughts you know it that can be very therapeutic um, maybe it's getting up a little bit earlier before the rest of the family does and having a cup of coffee and quiet mm -hmm. for a little bit that can be therapeutic yeah, yeah. so you know, just be selfish with your self-care. That's right. all I can say, you know, because there's only one you and you all are much needed. So <laughs> take a moment to um, smell the roses <laughs> and enjoy, enjoy your life. You know, we all have a lot of, we all bring something to the table. Yeah. All of us do. You may not think so, but, you know, we all bring something to the table. And I think we all need to remember that we are all valued. So... Um, I'm going to end it today. That's going to wrap up our show for today. Um, I Again, I want to um, say thank you to all the veterans out there. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And to the families of the veterans, thank you for supporting them and helping them because that also is another long process. So, um, and like I said, I know this from experience with my, with my dad. Um, but anyway, um, everybody take care of each other, take care of yourself, be safe out there. Remember social distancing and um, get vaccinated and let's keep rolling. Let's keep moving on. All right, everybody have a good day. Bye. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Hola, yo soy John Birch de Las Vegas, Nuevo Mexico. Check out Diego con Cafecito. Diego Montoya on his social media channels. He's supporting local singers and bands all across the Southwest. Gracias.
Two.